Welcome to That's What She Said, a podcast of sermons at Galileo Christian Church, Disciples of Christ. Galileo exists to seek and shelter spiritual refugees, who for us are people for whom the church has become boring, irrelevant, exclusive, or even painful, especially people who have been pushed out because of their gender or sexuality. If you yourself are a spiritual refugee, we're especially glad you're listening. All right. Hi, friends. My name is Remy. My pronouns are they, them, and I'm the apprentice evangelist at Galileo Church. Um, And tonight I have the honor of preaching for y'all while Katie is out of town. Um, So tonight is the last night in our worship series on Colossians, which really only has that one theme, Colossians. Um, But we didn't want to name the series Colossians, so we named it rather dramatically Epaphras, Onesimus, Nympha, Paul. Because Colossians has the most greetings of any epistle besides Romans, and the longest greeting section for its size. The list of four names in our title is not comprehensive. It would have to have been Tychicus, Onesimus, Aristarchus, Mark, Jesus, called Justice, Epaphras, Luke, Demas, Nympha, Archippus, Paul. Uh, Steph, are you glad you didn't have to make that graphic? Yeah. <laughs> Size 10 uh-huh, yeah. Um, so I'm bringing up the names again tonight because they all make an appearance in our reading for tonight. Paul, or a disciple of Paul writing in his name, has made an argument in this letter that we've been following over the last few weeks. It started with theology, or how we talk about God, which led to Christology, or how we talk about Jesus, the Christ. And then Paul introduced himself as an apostle called by God and by Jesus. And then he introduced the church in Colossae to themselves as baptized people also introducing us to ourselves as baptized people. This culminated in a plea for ethical behavior, including the infamous household code, which we read last week. It's okay, this week is much easier. (laughs) Now, having mostly finished this hard theological work, Paul has just a few final words for the church in Colossae. Mostly, it's an exhortation to live prayerfully and to live in community. Not abstractly in community, but in specific relationship with specific people whom he is going to name and describe. Some of these people don't yet know one another, but Paul expects that his word about their character is enough that they should receive one another and trust one another and do church together. So from Colossians 4, Paul writes, Dearly beloved, Devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with thanksgiving. And at the same time, pray for us as well, that God will open to us a door for the word, that we may declare the mystery of Christ, for which I am in prison, so that I may reveal it clearly as I should. Conduct yourselves wisely towards others, making the most of the time. Let your speech always be gracious seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer to everyone. 
Tychicus is going to tell you all the news about me. He's a beloved brother, a faithful minister, a fellow servant in the Lord. I've sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he might encourage your hearts. He's coming with Onesimus, the faithful and beloved brother who is one of you. They will tell you about everything here. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, greets you, as does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, concerning whom you have received instructions. If he comes to you, welcome him. And Jesus, uh, who goes by justice, greets you. These are the only ones of the circumcision among my co-workers for the kingdom of God, and they have been a comfort to me. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you. He is always wrestling in his prayers on your behalf, so that you may stand mature and fully assured in everything that God wills. For I testify for him that he has worked hard for you and for those in Laodicea and Hierapolis. Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. Give my greetings to the brothers and sisters in Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her house. And when this letter has been read among you, have it read also in the church of the Laodiceans and see that you read also the letter from Laodicea. And say to Archippus, see that you complete the task that you have received in the Lord. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. Dearly beloved, we all know, right, that the sermon isn't the reason that any of us are here. Or maybe y'all thought I didn't know that. I do. This, this truth that all the congregants know and that the preachers are maybe afraid to hear was never more evident than a few summers ago when all of us were online, there was nobody worshiping in the barn, and our live stream was not really working very well. The Wi-Fi wasn't good, it was unreliable. Some nights there was really not much content streaming at all. And our attendance did not change one bit because y'all didn't actually come to church or log on online for the content. You came for each other. We're not here for the sermon. We're here for each other. Because faith is not something we can do alone. Faith is something we do together. They say, God doesn't need the church, but God knows we do. And so we gather every week, online and on site, and we eat and drink together. And we wave at the camera. And we ask, are you hugging today? And we say hi in the chat, and we think and talk through the queries together. We sing together. Some of us who are young and brave dance together. And we pray together. Did you know, church? Did you know that you are one of the most prayerful churches I've ever seen? Did you know that you, yes, you, spiritual refugee, agnostic, skeptic, are, that you devote yourselves to prayer? I'm not saying that you should. I'm saying that you do. 
I know that some of you think of yourselves as a person who doesn't really pray, and that's okay. But I think that when you interact with one another, when you check in with one another, when you share your hardships and sympathies and congratulations, you are praying. And when you put something on the prayer wall, even if it doesn't start with, dear God, and even if you think you're just asking someone else to pray for you, you too are praying. Devote yourselves to prayer, Paul says. But I don't have to tell you all that, because you already do it. We pray because our church is a prayerful church. And we show up for one another because our church is a community of belonging. But Galileo Church as an institution isn't what's praying or what's being in relationship as beloved community. You are. See, the church builds infrastructure like a lattice, but you are the vines that grow on it. The church says, here, these G groups are for you. We've picked leaders and helped train them. They are ready to receive you in their homes and online to help guide conversation and make space for belonging. And they're counting on you as co-hosts to co-create that space with them. They are one of you, and we trust them. You should too. We say all of that, but saying that doesn't make a G group work. You make the G group work when you show up bringing your whole self and maybe also dinner. You make it work when you are honest and vulnerable in your check-in and when you make space for the honesty and vulnerability of others. I've seen some of you do that with people that you just met, just because they're one of us. It's really amazing. <coughs> Side note, those G groups start this week. If you don't know where you're supposed to be, let me or Katie know. <laughs> I think that's mostly what Paul is asking the church in Colossae to do. Here, he says, I'm sending these people, and they are some of you. These ones, the circumcised ones, they're also some of me. That brings me so much comfort. And so you shouldn't be intimidated and see them as outsiders. They're like me and like you. Some of them have prayed for you before they even knew you. Here they are. They're for you. You just have to believe that and, and be for them, too. Dearly beloved, we have commissioned an incredibly gifted spiritual care team, and they are for you. We've seen the gifts and calling of Jesus for pastoral care in these people, and we've matched them up with you, not only entrusting them as general caregivers, but entrusting them with you specifically. You who have a name and a face and a family, we had exactly you in mind when we paired you up with a spiritual care team member. Can you believe us when we say that? Can you trust these souls as much as we do? And, beloved, we've also commissioned a missional logistics team, a group of people who love this church, who take its missional priorities as their own, 
who demonstrate a healthy work ethic, helping us always to make things go. They are for you, for us. Can you believe it? Can you trust in their leadership? Beloved, we count you also among the gifts and resources of this church. You co-conspirators and friends who are still bold enough to go to church. That's not the default Sunday activity it used to be, we know. You had to try to get here. We're so glad you did. And we're certain that we are different and better now that you're here. Now look at your neighbor, or look at the people in the chat, or look around the room. Maybe you're looking at someone you know, or maybe someone you don't. Maybe you're looking at someone you like, or maybe someone you don't. They too had to try to get here. We're so glad they did. They're here for a reason, and we are different and better now that they're here. Do you believe it? I know it's a hard ask. I think that kind of trust, trust by default, trust that someone is for you based solely on the word of someone else, it only comes with prayer. I think these two things Paul is asking of us, that, that I'm asking of you, are not unrelated, because I can't pray without you all. Prayer isn't something we do alone. I mean, I don't want, I'm not trying to diminish the prayers of the truly alone soul who is isolated because of incarceration or because of lack of accessibility or because of mental illness. Of course, these people pray, and God is surely with them. But I just don't think that's how God intends for us to live. We're meant to be together. And our togetherness empowers our prayers, and our prayers empower our togetherness. So it's really just one thing Paul is asking. See, devote yourselves to prayer so that you can be together and for one another in Jesus' name. Be together and be for one another so that you can devote yourselves to prayer in Jesus' name. Pray for us as well, Paul asks. And I would ask the same of you, that you pray for me and the whole pastoral staff as we declare the mystery of Christ, as we tend to this community and make it known to others, always bringing more people back here so that you can care for them and eventually they can care for you too. I just met the most amazing person at the UTA Activities Fair, we might say to you. Their name is Jesus, I mean Justice. They just changed their name. They're queer and they're Christian and they miss church so much. Oh, they are one of us. They belong here. Oh, they need a G group. Does yours have room? I know you've already arranged everything. I know that new people can sometimes be flaky, but oh, just please, if they come, welcome them. 
Or, have you met Tychicus? Oh, I'm sure you've seen him. He's always sitting, you know, over on the left side of the barn, like over by uh, Onesimus, I mean, Karina. Oh, he's terrific. He reminds me of you, actually. Or, do you know Aristarchus? She's one of the recovering Church of Christers, just like you. Uh, or what about Mark, Barney's cousin? He is one of the recovering Baptists, just like me. Oh my gosh, are you heading to the G group that meets at Nympha's house? I mean, Kim's house? I mean, on Brenda's Zoom account? Just tell them I said hi, will you? This is why we have to pray at G group. Not just in the implicit way I talked about earlier by checking in and listening, though those are prayers, but right out loud. Because when we say, in Jesus' name we pray, we remind ourselves and each other of what was already true, that God is in the room with us. That God's love is the energy that makes the whole thing go. That the Holy Spirit in each of us is helping us to build community. Community is hard work, church. It doesn't happen by accident. That's why we build infrastructure for it, to help it along as much as we can. And that's why we're also depending on you, the church, the vines, to keep growing together on that lattice. Devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in Thanksgiving. Because Thanksgiving doesn't happen by accident either. Especially Thanksgiving for people you don't know or don't like. But mostly, most of us really like each other. I think it's because we're keeping alert in Thanksgiving, yeah? We learn to love the quirks that would have annoyed us. We learn to be grateful for the challenges of a convicting voice. And other people learn that for us, too, and we're really grateful. Until one day we can really say that these are our favorite people. You're my favorite people, church, all of you. Just like this list in Colossians includes some of Paul's favorite people, and all he wants is for the church in Colossae and Laodicea to see his friends and each other the way he sees them, to catch that glimpse of gold in their skin. Dearly beloved, look around the room or the chat again. Maybe you're looking at someone you know, or maybe someone you don't. Maybe someone you like, or maybe someone you don't. I'm not looking at anyone when I say that, I promise. <laughs> they had to try really hard to get here, and we're really glad they did. They're here for a reason, and we are certain that we are different and better now that they're here. Are you? Do you believe that they're one of us? That we wouldn't be us without them? That you wouldn't even be you without all of us, including them? Pray for us, church. With God's help, we can trust one another. With God's help, we can love one another. With God's help, we will devote ourselves to prayer in thanksgiving for one another. God help us. 
Thanks be to God. I, Remy, write this letter, I mean sermon, with my own heart. Grace be with you. Thanks for listening to That's What She Said. This podcast is preached almost always by our lead evangelist, Reverend Dr. Katie Hayes. Galileo Church has five missional priorities. We do justice for LGBTQ plus people and those who love them. We do kindness to those in mental and emotional distress and celebrate neurodiversity. We do beauty for our God who is beautiful. We do real relationship, no bullshit, ever. And we do whatever it takes to share this good news with the world God still loves. To support the production of this podcast and the ongoing missional priorities of this church, go to GalileoChurch.org and click on Conspire With Us. You'll have options to use your Venmo or PayPal or use your credit card or bank account. Any amount helps. And if you're kind enough to share your contact information with us, we'll continually send you thanks. Peace.